to Regis Radio. I'm Stephanie Alperlisi, and today I'm joined with a colleague and friend, Mike Friendville. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well, Stephanie. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. Um, My pleasure. It's an interesting conversation I think the two of us are about to have. Um, one that I think should be happening uh, with every advisor, uh, with their client, but really today uh, is more of a personal, you know, hit home kind of story that uh, I think we, we'd want to share with our viewers. But I think to start off, let's let's talk about your background. Tell me a little bit about, you know, who you are and how you work with Regis Financial Partners. So I have been in the BGA arm of the life insurance industry for 23 plus years now. Um, in a former life, I was part of a local BGA, uh, came to met Steph meet Stephanie, Four years or so ago now um have a group of brokers that i've worked with for for many many years that i kind of help facilitate them with their life business and and through regis um as the ga and the in the back office you know things that need to be done and that's what we do best i would say yes. working in the back office and and we've loved uh working with you yeah it's been actually four years wow it's, it's, it's crazy i really goes by fast so you know it's interesting you know you sit with advisors day in and day out uh very similar to what i do as well and we're sitting and having conversations you know uh about not only insurance products insurance concepts right. different types of estate planning income tax planning long-term care planning disability all those types of things. And something that we never really kind of, you know, we're the middleman between the insurance company and between the consumer, the client. Right. And so I think the, the struggle sometimes is, is we get to see the client's medical profile. We absolutely know um, all the ins and outs of what they're going through medically. Um, it's something that the advisors don't always, they don't get a chance to see due to HIPAA regulations, right? Uh, but then the, the advisor has to sit with the client and they've got to, you know, sell them this life insurance and, and get them to really buy into how it will protect their family once they're gone. Right. And so what a lot of it, I hear from a lot of advisors are there's this cost of waiting. Right. And sometimes yep. it's not always financial. Um, and what we're trying to get across to the advisor, um, especially those that are listening today, is. You know, don't wait to have those hard conversations with clients about, okay, you can put it off another year, or why don't you just wait until something might change, you know, in your financial picture to get something put into place. And so right. I think, Mike, we want to talk about your story. I think it's relevant in today's world. I think it's relevant to insurance. And I think advisors should hear firsthand how, how you know, life can change in an instant. So you want to share your, your story? Sure. Uh, so... I, about a year or so ago now, um, was diagnosed with what's called an acoustic neuroma. Um, it's a brain tumor that can impact your hearing, your uh, balance, facial function. Um, it all came about because I noticed um, hearing loss on my right side. So go for an audiogram, flunk that. Um, showed 60, 70% hearing loss just on the right side. MRI um, showed a golf ball-sized tumor coming out of my ear canal, pressing against my brain. So 
thankfully having a background in the medical aspects that Stephanie spoke about earlier, I knew by reading the report before I ever spoke to a doctor, the good news is I'm not going to die from this. I'm not going to have a fun six months or a year, but I'm going to be fine. That was the good news. Um, so, I mean, is this something that was just growing, you know, that happened pretty quickly or is this over no. time? So in, in learning all about this and, and Stephanie, you know, I'm a geek when it comes to the medical aspects of what we do. Um, this is actually the slowest growing tumor in the human body. Wow. Which is fascinating to me. Um, they're almost always benign, which is the good news, but complications, especially when they're pressing against your brain can be significant. And I was having balance issues, um, <laughs> not really speech issues, though. Some people might say differently. Um, you know, hearing was definitely an issue. If I was out with an advisor, I always had to make sure people were sitting on my left and, and, and Steph, you've seen me do it. Yes. I've, I've done it with you. Sure. <laughs> um, so no, the, the surgeon, and I saw a number of them, uh, the surgeon at Columbia that ultimately did the surgery um, estimated that this had been growing in there for 12 to 15 years. Wow. Um, and looking back on it, um, like I can see symptoms even as early as six, seven years ago that I just attributed to other things, you know, stress, kids, life. Mm -hmm. um, so long story short, um, and, and I'll get to why I think it's relevant for what we do, is I had the tumor removed in January of this year. Um, knock on wood, I'm back pretty much normal. 98% um, of the tumor was taken out. Um, I am deaf on the right side now, completely permanently. Um, but all my balance issues are resolved. I can actually play golf again like a normal person. Um, so all good. Great success story. Um, and the recovery had my, period was what you expected it to be? It was faster than what I expected it to be. Um, they had me prepared that a full recovery and back to work was going to be three months. And I recall you yelling at me three weeks in to stop looking at emails. Right. Um, but full recovery was probably two months. But the first, they had me really prepared that the first month was going to be horrible. And it wasn't. The first week or two were not great. Right. Um, and then it was just a matter of getting energy back and, and all that. Um, so I slept a lot. And I watched binge watched a lot of stuff when I wasn't checking emails. Um, I actually went for my po first uh, post-surgery MRI last week. I picked up the report this morning. Um, the surgeon hasn't even seen it yet, but I can read it and it looks good. So um, that's great news. Yeah. I mean, I'm good for another one every six months for the next two years or so. Um, and, but, and, and I think what we I'd like to talk about next is why this is relevant to what we do. Is that exactly? Kind of yeah, no, I, I think that's that's exactly what we want to hear. So, I 
for most of last year, before going into this and before I was diagnosed, I thought about, okay, I probably need to update my life insurance. Coming up on the end of a 20 year term that I was super preferred because I took it out when I was 26. Um, and, you know, the long-term care planning aspect of what we do as well is I'm, you know, I'm 47 years old almost. It's time to start looking at that because it's not, it's never going to be less expensive for me than it is today. That was my mentality a year ago. Well, then I find out about this. So I'm automatically uninsured. My insurability is gone until um, at least I have the surgery and all that. So from the life insurance perspective, um, I was preferred plus when I was 26, 27. Probably preferred now, but not not now. Right. I would have been. You would have been. Um, right. Now, I guess, from a life end of it, three and a half months out, I think I could get it, but I'd probably be standard. The long-term care part, which is as important to me as life is, I'm certain I'm a postponed at best at this point. And it's a matter of, you know, how much stability of serial MRIs are they going to want to see? And, and that's really the, what, to your point, personally for me, the cost of waiting. Because you don't know. I mean, you literally woke up, what, 18 months ago? Yeah. And couldn't hear. Couldn't hear and decided to go. And at that point, it's too late to say, I think I should go look at my life insurance because that's not what you're thinking. Your first reaction is, am I going to die? Right. Right. And then once I knew we were okay there, like, okay, you know, I'm out talking with advisors every day. Hey, let's look at permanent insurance for people in their late 40s, early 50s with the LTC chronic illness benefits. We're not doing our job if we're not doing that. And now, okay, I need to look at it. And now I can't get it. Right. Now, there will be a day I will need it. But yes, but I, I, I may be in my that, 50s. Then. And that's, so now you've got an age situation. So yep. you're, you're older to now do that. Um, pricing is probably more expensive in five, five, six, seven years from now from right. an insurance product standpoint. We don't know where the marketplace will go. Um, but the other part of it is, is gosh forbid, what happens if something happens next? Right. Exactly. We're not if, getting any younger and, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I love to think we're getting healthier. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like <laughs> to think that, but not really, but right. That's what's okay. So this came out of nowhere. What's next? You know, I have a, a huge family history, history of issues, diabetes being number one on the list. Type one diabetes being number one on the list. Now I'm probably good on that front. Sure. But type two diabetes, there is a genetic correlation there. Sure. So I have to be very careful. So is that next? Right. I have a family history of heart disease. And I'm good about my care because I we do this every day. I'm good about going to the doctor and right. but you don't know. Um so it's it's I, I wish. Um, I had done a little more to protect my insurability two years ago. And I did. And that, and then, and then being in this business for 23 years, that's probably a bad job. Is, <laughs> you can talk is to your so, agent about that. 
I'm sorry. You should talk to your agent about that. I, yeah, I should, but I, you know, I have to look in the mirror for that. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to have that conversation. Right. But it's conversations that I lately have been having with advisors and some clients directly is you don't know. I mean, look back what we've been through the last three years. Absolutely. Over. You don't know. Right. I mean, there's there's people, we don't know the long-term effect and, and I want to get it we don't want to get into the discussion but we don't know the long-term effects of people that have had it it's way too early and way we too also early. know the ones who have unfortunately had long haul COVID and right. what the mortality risks are with that as right well. so their insurability could be compromised so it's it's the what I really have been trying to impress on, on people is don't be me right don't be me be proactive yes you could put it off for another year. That was my mentality. Right. Well, I kind of messed that up. So, um, and I think that's a great way to segment into having that conversation about with advisors, if you're thinking about it and you're meeting with clients that are in their 20s, late 20s, early 30s, you know, you're bulking up on a bunch of term insurance. Good, great. That's typically what you see. You know, they're starting to have families. They're starting to you know, make some real money in terms of their careers, they're buying houses, they have all those reasons to do so. Um, but then you get into the 40s, and then you're talking about retirement planning, you're talking about putting right. away more money into these different cash accumulation vehicles to start looking out to give yourself another bucket at, at, at retirement. And then we don't have that long term care conversation with clients until 50, 55, even gosh, 60. I mean, I, I have advisors who have them at 70, which in, mm -hmm. in, in my opinion is really way, way too late. Um, you know, why aren't we having it in the mid forties? Yes. You've got your retirement bucket, but you need to be looking at long-term care. Absolutely. You need to be looking at how to transfer some of that risk to the insurance companies now while you're young, while you really have relatively good health that won't affect you. You know, if something like diabetes history, heart history, gosh forbid, something like, you know, what happened to you occurs then and you're not only either priced out of the market or you don't even have the opportunity to get it and you know that you probably will end up needing it at some point gosh forbid something else happens so. right and 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 it's it's the discussion doesn't happen it's more from what i find it's more often than not you get a call from your 55 year old client i just put my mother in a nursing it's costing me $12,000 a month. What the heck are we getting? How are we going to do this? Right. And that's, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to impress upon my advisors, my clients. Don't wait for that phone call. You make that phone call. COVID should show us the need for that long-term care. It should. And it has to some extent. Right. But not nearly enough. I mean, it, it as you said, transferring the risk to an insurance company, we do it with everything else in our lives. Why aren't we doing it with something that is going to will bankrupt most people? Right. My wife's grandmother spent eight and a half years in a memory care facility. She had dementia and Alzheimer's. She was perfectly healthy. They spent over a million dollars and then that wiped everything she had lived her life, wiped it completely out. And it's Along with my in-law, part of my in-law's estate. Right. 
they picked up the you know then they picked they up the bill. And that's so it's 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 really important. I think there's a great opportunity for all those that are listening out there today. You know, if you don't know where to start with the conversation, that's why we're here at Regis to help you. We're here with not only just materials, um, illustrations, case design work, helping you with having a conversation. Please reach out. Please contact us. You know, reach out to Mike uh, if Absolutely. you're if you work with Mike or if you're looking for another. You know, if you're looking for somebody else to work with, please, please let us know. I think Mike, your story is an amazing one, um, one that I find inspirational because look where you are today from yeah. where you and I sat had lunch over you know, almost a year ago. Yeah, and I, I I'm so happy that for you and your family um, that it, it has all worked out in in that sense for you. Yep, and that it continues to do so, but. If nothing else, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing your story. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure our advisors will too. No, and I appreciate uh, you asking me, asking me to be part of this. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.